0: Hey everybody, this is Phil Town.
1: And this is Danielle Town.
0: And we're here for the Invested Podcast, where we are figuring out how to make money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As succinct as it gets.
0: (laughs) How would you take $1,000, add to it with your job? You know, I was just talking with uh, with one of our employees, and She was like, okay, I'm 55 years old. Now, how am I going to be able to retire? Because our savings have been all chewed up because, you know, so-and-so got a back problem and then my son needed this and my daughter needed that and my mom needed this. Yeah. Right? And now we're 55. We don't have any savings. But we can save $1,000 a month.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So... Started looking at this, right? This is a really big problem, huge problem, because if you were putting money away at, um, let's say, let's say at nine percent, let's say the market was somehow going to do nine percent average, and you you managed to do that over the next, in spite of the fact that we're at an all time high and we're about to go in the, in the tank here at some point, in the next two or three years, almost certainly, um, may not happen. I mean, the market went almost straight up from 1983 until. Or actually, 1980 until 1999. It's hmm. almost 20 years straight up. But there was a, you know, there were there were there was a recession in 1990 91. Market came down. There was a big crash in 1987. Big sudden, like computer-driven so how you, crash. How
1: do you call that almost straight up if that's if there was a crash and a recession?
0: Right. Good point. Oh. <laughs>
1: See, this is where...
0: That was the almost part.
1: (laughs) This is where me being a kid during those years really doesn't come in handy, because then when you say stuff like that, I'm just like, okay, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: you know, some people would call it the longest bull market we've ever had, right, almost 20-year bull market. But they forget that, in fact, we did have a huge drop in the market in 1987 in just a matter of a, a few days. It, it, but it was probably wasn't because of the economy there was no recession or anything it just happened in a, a lot of i i've never read what it actually was i think it was computer trading that just got out of hand huh.
1: um,
0: and uh, then there was a there was a pullback in 1991 and so um yeah there's no such thing as straight up for 20 years and we've been straight up pretty much for 10 so far So my answer to her was, okay, well, if you put your money away in SPY, which is what everyone's going to tell you to do. That's the
1: S&P 500 index. Right.
0: And you keep putting away $1,000 a month. By the time you're 65 in 10 years, you'll have about $200,000 total if the market does 9% average. You certainly couldn't expect the market to do a bigger average than that, although, you know, not unless it comes off a bottom someplace. So that would be really a good market. And and $200,000. And the problem is that if you have $200,000 and then you invest it, like, as a person should, who doesn't know how to invest, you have to put it in bonds when you retire, pretty much. Like, you know, somebody's going to recommend, like, two-thirds bonds and one-third stocks. And you're going to reduce your rate of return dramatically from 9% down to about 5%. And then, of course, you can take a little bit of the 200000 every year because you're not going to live forever, so you want to use it up. Mm-hmm. Um But five percent only gives you ten thousand dollars, and if you're making another twenty-five thousand from Social Security, that gives you thirty-five thousand, and you know that's a that's a long that's three thousand dollars a month, and you know this family's used to living on you know seventy thousand or eighty thousand a month. So seventy or
1: eighty thousand. Sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. Seventy or eighty thousand. No wonder they
1: don't have any savings.
0: No. It's <laughs> let's call it round numbers, you know, 5500 a month to 6000 a month. 6000 a month. <laughs> right. And and now they have to reduce that in half. And so you start to look at what their actual costs are that they're incurring out there and it's not going to be pleasant to live on $3000 a month.
1: No. No.
0: So That's if you I guess what this podcast point. is about is in part for people that are in those shoes and they have and uh, they really, if they, if they can learn to invest and you go out and, and buy some good companies, I think your odds of having a, a higher rate of return are pretty good. I mean, the market itself, you know, is a lot of stocks. And if you have, let's say, 10 good ones, you're going to do better than the market. At least this is our experience. This is Buffett's experience. This is what
1: yeah. thousands
0: of people are experiencing. And better than the market might be 15%. In which case, you end up with a whole different life. Yeah. That's what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, a yeah. A whole different retirement.
0: A whole different um, retirement. Now, the, the catch is she's not going to do that. She's not going to learn. I know she's not going to learn. So it's not for everybody, and it's not even for a lot of people, I think. It is for people who are willing to put the work in, though.
1: Well, and that's why I've really come to this theory, idea, method of practicing investing, because for somebody who's who's older like that, you know, I, I totally get it. It really is like, I just need money. This is about the money. I don't care if I enjoy it. But for somebody who's younger and that time feels like, oh, there's a lot of opportunity between now and then and, you know, I'll figure it out. Uh, we kind of need a little bit of an incentive to start. Thinking about it, and to start making it part of our lives, and so for me, that's been the investing practice and finding the value in choosing wonderful companies that are making a difference in the world. And I think if we can combine those things, that's that's a real game changer. You know,
0: people people don't think that they're going to have any impact on on what a company's doing in the world. Um, yeah, but it's right, like, it's just exactly like thinking you're not going to have an impact by voting for the president of the United yeah, States exactly, yeah, or a it's senator exactly. or something. So yeah. <clears throat> assuming you, you can at least get over that hump, um, something's just happened in the news that's really, I think, rather extraordinary um, with regard what's to that? how investors can actually, you know, make a vote for a certain kind of of behavior on the part of businesses. Um, did you see what's going on with Nike?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Nike just recently put out this ad and I'm totally going to get the guy's name. Um, Colin, the who,
0: Colin Kaepernick. Uh,
1: started the whole of football game. You don't
0: watch football. Colin okay.
1: Kaepernick. I clearly do not watch football. Um, so uh, he's very controversial and political and I think he doesn't even play football anymore. And, um...
0: <laughs> but not because he doesn't want to um, I think um, but because he became such a lightning rod for the tensions in the NFL around kneeling uh, during the national anthem and it, I mean Colin is, is a fascinating fascinating guy I mean he really is He's um, he was brought up in a in a um, I think a mixed race family or a white family I'm not sure which um
1: I think his parents are white. I think he was adopted.
0: Okay. So he's adopted. He's has this all. Is,
1: I, I hate that we're talking about him and clearly like I really basically know nothing about him. So I, I hesitate to say anything more because that might be inaccurate.
0: It's an ad that says this is a guy who just went and did it. He he, he walked his talk.
1: Oh, so it's like Nike just do it and he's a guy who just did it.
0: Yeah. Kind of like that. Okay. So it's a really powerful ad. I mean, it's like everybody knows where this guy's at, right? And and how much he's, what the price he's paying for his view. Mm -hmm. And Nike is basically saying, we're not saying we agree with it or disagree with it. We're saying it's awesome that you can do that. And that's what we mean by just making it happen. Kind of.
1: Got it. Also, Nike actually supplies the NFL's uniforms and apparel. Ooh. Just reading right now. I realize they did that.
0: Oh, okay. That Uh, puts another little edge on it.
1: And here's the investing part, which is obviously clearly I know nothing about this guy and I haven't even seen the ad. But what I have noticed is that Nike's stock price has shot up to its highest level ever after this ad came out.
0: Well, not exactly.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly.
0: No, not exactly.
1: What happened exactly?
0: Was after that ad came out, Nike stock price dropped like a brick. It went down from about, um, I shouldn't say dropped like a brick. It went down like four or 5%, which is significant. It's an impact of the ad, right? And then, well, if you're going to say going up is an impact, then going down certainly was too. So you have initial response to the ad is, all right, we're out. And then the following response just right after that over the last two weeks has been straight up. And now as you find just out said,
1: when the ad came out
0: Well, as you just said, Nike just hit its all-time high. Um, so whatever you think about uh, about that ad, it's clear, that people are, they're voting for Nike in part because uh, voting for it and voting against it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which That's is the, the, whole That's That's the, whole the whole point. That's the whole
0: point. We're not here to tell you what your values should be. Um, and what we're here to tell you is you should, what we're here to basically make the case for is that you will be much wealthier. You'll have a much more interesting life you'll be much more tied into what's going on in the world if you start putting your money where your mouth is. And yeah, exactly. that's exactly what we saw here, which is this so is, This cool. is why
1: it's so fascinating, and this is why I've paid no attention to the underlying facts of what happened. <laughs> but I have found it very interesting to see this company, first of all, have their just straight up stock price changed up or down, and it happens to be up lately, um, Due to people voting with their money. And maybe our message is getting out there that you can make an impact with your investing money, not just your consumer money. Because by the way, their consumer sales have also changed because of this. But it's not just that, it's their actual stock price. And I find this so fascinating On, on multiple levels. I started getting texts from friends about this happening. And it's, first of all, my initial reaction was like, wow, that's such an example of how a company's stock price really has no relationship to any changes in its underlying value because Nike has not fundamentally changed anything in the last two weeks or right. three weeks, whatever it's been. Um, it's it's simply because of marketing. So that was my initial reaction that, uh, that it's just a, a super uh, view into, how stock prices are different from value, which is something you know, you've know you hammered into me. But then I started, so that was my initial reaction, and then I started to actually think about it, and I've been debating, maybe this is actually a, a signal of something underlying, like actually affecting Nike's business, because Nike's business might actually be being a marketing company that makes apparel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so companies out there and so so many sneaker companies how do they differentiate through yes their product but through marketing and so maybe the fact that nike like you think back to iconic ad campaigns like apple back with uh with that like monolithic, what was that? in like oh, the 81? 1984. The uh, 1984 ad, exactly.
0: The, throwing the, the hammer through the screen of Big Brother's speech, right?
1: Exactly. Now, Apple yes. is not a marketing company. They're definitely a computer company, but their marketing and their product packaging has added so much to, to how well they've done with their computers and phones and wearables and ear pods and everything they make. Um So maybe actually, now that I've been thinking about this, and I'm curious what you think, Dad, maybe this is a signal of something in Nike's actual business um, that it it might be worth more because of this ad. Or is it fleeting? What do you think?
0: Well, I think that that's absolutely, to have the stock, this is a very, very big, big stock, uh, meaning a lot of shares trade every day on the order of, on a big day like that, almost 20 million shares traded the day that that came wow. out. I think wow. it was a huge number. The ordinary trading for for Nike is about five million shares a day, and it quadrupled. So, obviously, a lot of big investors or a enormous number of small investors decided to take action based on Nike putting out this controversial what what could be taken to be a controversial ad, depending on how you took it, right? And so. Um, The initial reaction was, oh, my gosh, Nike's getting political. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to pull my fund out of here. Uh Right. No matter no matter the long term. See, what happens with fund managers is they completely forget that a company's future cash flow is is protected by a moat. And the quality of that moat is is really important. It has the quality of the moat means how durable it's going to be. And hmm. the basic statement from somebody like Warren Buffett is we want to buy companies where the moat is so strong, it's so durable, then even an idiot can run the company. In other yeah. words, an idiot could come in and do new Coke. Not, not that that was an idiot, if that was you, but <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go over well, right? Um, an, an idiot could, could forget that uh, that health and cleanliness in your restaurant is number one. And you put McDonald's in the toilet and then you put Burger King in the can and then you put Chipotle and every one of these companies has failed in that regard. But the moat is so big that Mm -hmm. the next generation of management, the next management team is going to come in right after these guys get fired because the company doesn't do well for a year or two. Next team comes in and sets sets the boat right. Mm -hmm. It's a very hard boat to sink. That's what we want to put our money in for our retirement. A very hard boat to sink. And these reactions, both in, within two weeks, both positive and negative to that ad, right? Or I should say both negative and then positive, are reactions by knee-jerk, in my view, this is reaction by knee-jerk fund managers who are looking to exploit a, a very short-term phenomenon. I mean, seriously, do you think that ad is going to have a big effect on Nike over a 10-year period?
1: I don't. And not that's either. why my reaction was, oh, this is such an example of stock prices just moving up and down.
0: Well, it's a real example of emotion moving stock prices up and down. That's, as yeah, you exactly. pointed out, it's not, there's nothing rational about bailing out a Nike because they run a controversial ad. That's ridiculous. There's no way that that affects the moat of this company over the long term, right? I mean, let's say that you really thought that was a horrendous ad and totally political and Nike should never do that. Um, Well, if you're right and Nike's sales go down, then the guy who's running Nike is going to get moved out and there's going to be somebody new in there.
1: Right. But I guess I guess my thought number two was, oh, well, if this is a signal of more to come along these lines, genius marketing from Nike, let's let's call it it the other side. Yeah. Um, Genius marketing. And they're going to continue along this path, and Nike's going to become suddenly trendy again and modern again, because frankly, Nike is kind of like an old company, right? Like it's not that cool. Sorry, Nike. And they become cool because of these things. Like maybe this is a harbinger of better Nike to come. It's interesting with with this marketing thing, and I I struggle. This is why apparel companies freak me out a bit because you just sort of never know which way the wind is gonna blow and if their products are gonna be popular on a given year. And I think that might be really where, where I come down on this is that it's it's you know, it's popular right now. Tomorrow, maybe the stock crashes because they put out something else and everybody hates it and boom, like it's a sign that they're going in the wrong direction.
0: Well, I think that's true that that you're dealing with um, fashion yeah. when you're looking at apparel companies. And that's a much, much different thing, maybe a lot more short-term kind of issues uh, than, let's say, the food industry, which has much more longer-term taste changes, right? I mean, they change, but they change very long-term. And also with the food industry, you can get in front of where it's going pretty easily. I mean, it's not hard to figure out we're trying to be less obese and eat less sugar and less crap food. And that, you know, the, the future is going toward, um, healthier stuff. So, you know, it's not really hard to get in front of that train or, or in front of that parade. Um, whereas with something like Nike deciding they're going to be, Hey, we're going to be more cutting edge. We're going to, you know, we're going to do more co- quasi, uh, political stuff. Um, we're going to jack up the, the argument quotient on our shoes. We're going to have haters. We're going to have lovers. Yeah. Um that, that actually could affect them long term.
1: Uh, exactly. Exactly. That's a better way to put it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the people who jumped out of it, you think they were really right to jump out really quick or is it just way too soon? Or let's, talk, let's say it like this. Nike runs an ad like that. And if you hate it and you think they shouldn't be doing anything like that or you really don't like calling and mm-hmm. you don't like what he's standing for, you don't like his message, okay, then maybe you go, wow, well, this company's values and mine just parted company I'm out.
1: Yeah, and or I think maybe, it's super important to do that.
0: Yeah, I do too. So
1: Don't support a company that you don't like what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and look at, the, look at. I mean, you, you. this is a whiplash. So let's just say that's one of the big drivers of people jumping out of there is like that's a value decision. And then people are looking at Nike and saying, "I've never bought into Nike, but by gosh, I really am proud that they're going to stand with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. like his message. I like what he's trying to put out there. I think he's brave. I think he, you know, he's sacrificing a career in order to, to make a statement that needs to be made. And I'm all for it. And I'm jumping in with Nike." Yeah,
1: I think it's a fantastic real life example of folks. Me
0: too. Me too. This is good stuff. I really like it a lot, and I I hope we can find some more of these out there. There, I mean it's happening, Danielle. The, one of the largest fund managers in the world, BlackRock with a huge amount of money under management, has just started to put out a very strong message that they want to do socially uh, what's, what's the right word? socially measured investing? Or? Yeah
1: they're, they're, they have I mean I, we, yeah, they did this back in like February. no yeah. January. They announced yeah. it in January. And uh, they they call it using a social component, I think, to their uh, calculations, essentially.
0: Yeah, they're so measuring stuff.
1: They're measuring stuff, and rather than being uh, neutral on the effect a company has on the world, they have decided to give that some sort of a quotient in their calculations and Beyond that, I don't know the details of what exactly. I mean, this is always the question that we get into when we come to funds and and large organizations. Is like, well, all right, that sounds good. But what does that actually mean? And do they agree with me? Do I agree with them? Like, where are the lines?
0: And here's the thing. At the end of the day, I guarantee you, they're still buying 100 companies or 200 companies And if you really know 200 companies, can you really one fund manager? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I've
1: also been told, I mean, I I think it's so great what they're doing. It's so, let me just preface what I'm about to say with this. It's so important to have big companies like that put it out there that they are, they think it's important enough to their bottom line that they will consider social responsibility in their investing choices it 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 makes it mainstream and it's i mean we've been talking about it for a few years so many other people are coming into this idea of public market investing having a social responsibility component and that is super important
0: You, you think you think it's like window dressing
1: oh um i don't know i i should really look into it a bit more i don't know because again that was just a something i was told by somebody in the finance industry who works with them um so well, it could be buy, totally wrong if you're gonna
0: buy a hundred companies or 150 companies i don't see how it could be much other than window dressing i mean you're just basically saying yeah i'm gonna take 10 percent of the companies that are out there and, and we're gonna buy them and uh, i
1: think window dressing is a little bit a little, strong, of, a little too strong uh, there should be a better like it's kind of like the, i'm sure they are making decisions it, it's a factor is it a big factor? I don't think so. Yeah, but the fact that, right. that it's a factor at all is really important.
0: Right. And like,
1: it uh, reminds me of when I was um, starting out in startup law and I started working with, with new companies, B Corps were really new. And I actually wrote my entrepreneurial law master's thesis on B Corps and whether or not they were useful. Uh, A B Corp is, um, is not actually a legal entity. There are legal entities for socially conscious companies based on what state you're in. But a B Corp is actually a private organization that a company can sign up to their standards. And then once they've done that and they have to do certain things legally within their own charter and their own management system, once they've met these requirements that the B Corp private organization requires, they can then announce themselves and advertise themselves to the world as a certified B Corp. And I'm sure we've all seen it and maybe not really realized what we were seeing, but you see this little B in a circle stamp on a company's products, often on food products, um, and that means that they're a certified B Corp. I had a lot of clients asking me, should we become a certified B Corp? Is this, is this worth the time and the money? Quite frankly, all of these B Corps have to pay the B Corp organization money every year. So it costs money. Um, and, it, and it's a really interesting question about whether or not it's worth it. And where I came down a number of years ago, and I think that this is borne out to be true, it's a marketing choice. It's You can run your company According to those standards, without having to pay that organization a dime. And you can set up your company exactly the same way without having to pay that organization a dime. You can do a better job even than they require. But getting to put that stamp on your packaging or on your website means something to a lot of people who are looking for companies who are living by those kinds of requirements. And so Again, like, I don't think it's strictly window dressing. I think it matters. But it's also marketing. And maybe it's marketing before the part that matters.
0: Well, man, I'll tell you, that's very complicated for me. (laughs) This B thing. I'm sitting here thinking, holy criminy. Now, in order to be impressed by the little circle B, I've got to know what that means, right?
1: Of course, of course, yeah. Which... Many people do and many people don't.
0: Well, do I agree? I mean, if I did know what it means, I might not agree with all of it. Um, you know, I just don't know. I mean, I, I want to look at each company as if I own that company and apply my moral standards to that and my values to that. And honestly, there's a, there's a range going on here, right? Like, for example, I might be interested in, in buying into a company that, that, uh, that raises chickens for, for uh, you know, for food. As opposed to have a pet, I suppose. <laughs> like chicken pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a food raising chicken chicken farm. Uh-huh. And I might want to have a chicken farm producer that's just like the chicken are running around out there in the yard. And there's 20 yards of space between each chicken. And they've yeah. got to watch out for the hawks and run under the tree. And they got to live like a real animal.
1: Oh, you mean like me standing in the grocery aisle reading every detail <laughs> yes. of the eggs that I'm purchasing? Like that, I'm so proud of you.
0: Yeah, like that. Exactly like that.
1: You know why? Because the ones that cost eight ninety-nine have those kinds of descriptions, and the ones that cost $1.99 don't.
0: And the ones that cost 69 have the description that says, these chickens are smashed into a cage straight out of, you know, Napoleon Dynamite or something. So
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't put that on
0: the pack. No, they don't, but you can count on it. So we want to be able to vote with our money as a consumer. We also want to vote with our money as an investor. And so if I'm looking at this and I say, okay, well, these guys are headed in the right direction, right? So they might not meet somebody's stringent requirements to be like super uber perfectly, whatever they're looking for. Mm -hmm. But they meet mine because I'm going like, yeah, I know these guys are good people. For sure. We're yeah. Trying to move in the right direction, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit like you can get these kind of fascists who run these things like it's some sort of uh, you know you do it my way or the highway set of requirements. And John Mackey ran into that regularly running Whole Foods would would run into these kind of hardcore um, you know you must toe the line with the with the doctrine right right and if you don't you're not you're not good enough. For us to love you. Uh, right. and Whole Foods well, fought that from the time it was purchased, it fought that, right, uh, or the time they started building it. Um, and that's what led to Whole Foods rating different kinds of meat and different kinds of, you know, th- to, to put ratings on them to say, here's where they come from. Because yes, we want to go in this direction of perfection where every cow is, you know, wandering around and all by himself and happy and living a cow's life, not in a feedlot, um, but there's a lot of people that don't want to pay35 dollars for a pound of beef right so it's exactly where where we come down we got to have corporations that are in the move they're moving toward this direction to change the world and by the way on that point I would like to get on my soapbox
1: oh you're you're not on it already all right no
0: no I'm not on okay. it I think we and, and this is okay I understand I'm this is a kind of a very touchy thing for me to talk about because I have money I have Uh, money (laughs) I have money and so this is a little this is more than a little bit unfair but let me just say it anyway that when we go into a when we when we have an ethic that just says we should have the lowest prices because that's Uh good for people that don't have money it may not be good for people who don't have money it may be that when you go for lowest prices, you're beggaring your neighbor. Um, and and I think that that's something we should all think about as consumers. While we might want to go get the lowest price hammer, we're, we might be putting a hammer maker out of a job in the United States, and we might be given a job to a Chinese hammer maker. Or right? Oh,
1: yeah. I don't think what you're saying is controversial at all. I mean, this, is, this has been a topic amongst small towns for quite... A long time since Walmart started coming in and driving out the small shops that are locally owned.
0: Yeah, but I and think people been, voted with their money and they wiped they, out those yeah, small towns.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it's absolutely. horrendous. And now we're starting to see the the damage, um, the social fabric being torn up, um, in the in the name of low prices, right? And just in the name of low prices. So I think we really have to be paying attention as investors to also just the sheer size and the and the values of that large corporation, what are they doing in the world that maybe we don't fully agree with and maybe we don't want to put our money out there? So there's this whole values thing is so fluid and requires, I think, a lot of attention and a lot of self-analysis, a lot of self-knowledge, um, more than we, any of us probably have.
1: And I, I think that that's, just, that's just, exactly the key, is it requires attention and analysis and- as someone with an investing practice, I put the time into the companies that I read about. There you go. But that said, there's a reason these shortcuts are popular. There's a reason that having that little B Corp stamp on a company's product that you're looking at in the grocery store that you've never heard of before makes you go, oh, okay, that probably means it's fine. You know?
0: Like that's probably the
1: best you get from that. I hope the
0: B signal is valuable because we're talking about it. Like it's cool. I don't don't know know, a thing about it.
1: I don't know if you heard what I was saying. I was was not talking about it. Like it was cool. I, I said that it's simply for marketing and, and you know, people who love B Corps would be very upset with me for saying that because they think that it's incredibly important. And what I'm trying to say in a measured way is that I also think it's really, it's, it's much like BlackRock creating their socially conscious calculation. I think it's really important that this is becoming mainstream. Yeah,
0: I mean, a few years ago, with.
1: B Corps, never heard of them. People thought it was really weird. Now they are ultra common. Lots of companies have signed up to the B Corp standard. This yeah. can only be for the good. Now, is B Corp itself the perfect standard? I don't think so. Is having that little stamp on a pro- on a product telling me that this company is doing extremely good things? No, but it's a shortcut, as you said, for those of us, all of us, let's be real, all of us, we don't know about every company in the We
0: don't, but world. I, I just don't, I don't like the idea of taking that shortcut when I don't understand the whole picture, right? Including why doesn't this company whose product I'm about to have or who, who that I'm thinking of investing in, why aren't they a B Corp? And there might be some right. really and, good no, reasons that's a great why not. Point.
1: Let me make that point really strongly. The fact that a company is not a certified B Corp does not mean in any way that they don't practice even better socially conscious standards. There you go. That is so important and it kind of irritates me about this B Corp standard, because a lot of people think that it's a legal designation, and it is not. Yeah,
0: it that's is important.
1: not a legal designation. It is a private organization that gets paid money to be able to give other companies the right to put that stamp on their products. So these people are, <laughs> are people. It is it is a company. I don't know how to say that any better. Um,
0: but, no, where's the, but where's, the, where's the point it's here? It's a though? shortcut,
1: the... and that's why companies do it. It's a marketing choice. Okay. So with but, that awareness, I think um, it's much like Nike putting out this ad with this football player. It's a shortcut. It's Nike trying to tell a lot of people who support him that they also support him. Well, I haven't seen the ad. You said it's kind of neutral. So maybe what it's saying is just do it. Nike is awesome. They're trying to give us a shortcut. They're trying to tell us about what kind of company they are through this ad. And should we take that shortcut? Hopefully not. Hopefully we look at what they're actually doing.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Hopefully we look at what they're actually doing and we make our own investing socially conscious in our view of what's socially conscious. I think that's the best way to go. Agree. All right. Well, we're socially, consciously Dad. leaving you here and going to go play right away.
1: <laughs> should, we, should we push on our earnings for another week? <laughs> on earnings
0: next week. I don't even want to tell you why.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Until everybody. Day, time to go play. Bye.
0: Go be socially conscious now your own That's way. right. See you.
1: Bye. Hey, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information, show notes, and more episodes, visit us at investedpodcast.com there's a special offer waiting for podcast listeners to attend my three-day investing workshop absolutely free so just head to investedpodcast.com everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or danielle's opinion and is not to be taken as investing advice because i am not your investment advisor nor have i considered your personal situation as your fiduciary This podcast is for your entertainment and education only and I hope you enjoyed it.